Robert shot all ten girls and then took his own life. One woman dealing with tragedy, and another dealing with guilt. Mary Beth is dead because of her husband! Based on a true story. And you made her cheat with your easy forgiveness. It is not easy to forgive! About the aftermath of tragedy. I'm so sorry! And the struggle to forgive Amish Grace. How many of you have seen that movie, Amish Grace? If you haven't seen it, that is an awesome movie to see. Man went in there and gunned down 12 kids at school. True story, just happened a few years ago. And uh, I like what they said. She told her husband, she said, you cheapen her, cheapen her death. You make her death meaningless by forgiving. If we can hold on to that grudge, if we can stay angry at that person, that it's like she, or she's not forgotten as long as I don't forgive. You make it easy. And he says, no. You think forgiving is easy? And at the end, this woman who battled, and that's the thing you've got to know, she wasn't able to forgive as easily as her husband. And that's what you learn in marriage. And that's what we learn as a church. Not everybody can respond as quickly as you do or maybe someone else. You got to walk where you are and allow the Holy Spirit to be the covering over you where you need and where you are. There's no condemnation all of a sudden. You know, well, why? I'll, so many times, I wish I could love like you could. I wish I could forgive like you forgive. But not everybody can. And this lady, she, when you watch the movie, she had struggles. She ended up leaving her husband for a while to go live with her sister. And she had struggles. And she had to work through issues in her heart. But that's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us. But at the same time, she was able to get that point where she was able to go to that funeral. And hug that, that, the wife of the man who murdered her daughter and so many others in cold blood. And only the grace of God is able to help us to, not to forgive something maybe so tragic as that that you've gone through. But maybe you've gone through other things that just been a tragedy in your life. And you, need, you know you need God to help you. And you have to have him help you in these areas. I have this story here. This happened just a few years ago. A five-year-old girl paralyzed in a wheelchair, sat and looked directly at the man who had just pleaded guilty to firing a shot that paralyzed her. Kaylee Lee Harriet broke down, crying harder than she had ever since the night nearly three years earlier when Anthony Warren fired three rounds into the house where she was sitting on the porch. What she looked at him and said, what you have done to me was wrong, she said to the man seated ten, just 10 feet away, but I still forgive you. Prosecutors said that Warren had an argument with people who lived in the same house where Kai lived with her family. They left and then Warren returned and fired three rounds into the house. One of the bullets hit Kaylee, then three, as she sat on the third porch with her older sister. The bullet shattered her spine, permanently paralyzing her from the chest down. It's not easy to forgive. It's the message of heaven. But it's not easy to forgive. It's costly. But it will cost you more not forgiving than asking the Holy Spirit to help you to forgive. And these are some things we want the Word to bring alive to us today. And I, I want to start off with Apostle Paul. He says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, I, therefore the prisoner of the Lord. I want to stop right there. He, he was a prisoner when he was writing this letter. The first three chapters of Ephesians, he tells us what God has done for us. The last three chapters of Ephesians, he tells us what God expects from us. And he starts off in chapter 4 saying, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord. And I want to share this with you. The Lord spoke something to my heart. He says, 
I may be a prisoner on the outside in my body in these chains in this prison. But that doesn't mean, listen, I have to be a prisoner in my thoughts or in my heart. I can choose to be free and live in the freedom that Christ has given me in my heart even though my body may be bound and even though my circumstances may be binding. He says, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord or in other words, I've come to know him and because of the God that I know, I'm going to serve him with all of my heart and even though my surroundings are not what I need them to be to feel the best, I'm going to praise him and I'm going to worship him in the midst of the storm because I'm a prisoner not of the Roman government. I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've come to know what he's done for me. Therefore, I will speak and act like that. And I love this next part. Look at this now. Robin, you know, you, you were over a Bible school. And there's others here that were over a Bible school. In Bible schools, you're taught many things about the calling of God. And so many talk about the calling of God. But look what it says here. I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. We're taught a lot of things in Bible school. But I never ever been to a Bible school where the main topic that if you want to be in the ministry the first study you will have to do is on forgiveness and this is exactly what Paul is saying here you want to know your calling oh I want to know what I'm called to I feel like I'm called to this I'm called to that I'm called to this I have this calling I have this anointing Paul says here's your calling with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love Endowing to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. He says, you are called to this calling. We could talk about the other things later. Let's talk about you getting this down. Because this is the Jesus that the world needs to see. This is the other translation. It says here, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other. It's false because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Now, I thought about this. You know, this is not the right message for Central Louisiana because there has never been a church division in the church history of Central Louisiana, has there? <laughs> Haven't, don't we live in the Bible Belt where we have never had a problem in a church? Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of a church having a problem in Central Louisiana? <laughs> have you ever heard of any divisions and fightings going on here? So I know we don't need this message. Because I just know that every church just loves each other and we just get along and nobody ever has nothing bad to say about nobody. And, and I know we've never had nothing bad come out in the paper or on the news. And I know that we have just had, we just live in the most loving area. Can I hear an amen? But what I feel in my heart is that Jesus is saying with a message like this, we can change the history. And change the future of central Louisiana. Of Pineville and of Alec. Because he says, wait a minute. This is the calling I've called you. Don't even get involved. Don't even be around division. You know what? Don't even get, a, get involved with people who are fussing and complaining. Don't even get involved. And I want to share something with you that happened in my life. Probably back in 1982, 1983 when we had first got on the mission field. We went work for a missionary that um, ended up going to jail. And uh, I can tell you some stories there. But anyway, some of the other older missionaries decided it was time to either he to repent in a meeting or we were going to write a letter of separating from him. The testimony had gotten that bad. It wasn't sin. It was just his character. And so all I, we were about 21 people there. 
to write this letter about, about this missionary. And we wrote the letter. They had, the letter was already written. All we had to do was sign. And uh, the elders were there, older missionaries. We were just uh, eight, 17, and eight, 17 and 19. And uh, he was in the sitting in the middle. And people started telling him this and telling him that. And just telling him off and telling him he needed to repent. And, and he didn't repent, so everybody signed the letter. And we signed the letter. I got back to the States, and the mission director of our church, Lakewood, we went in the office, and he jumped on me, and he chewed me out because he knew this guy. But he says, what are you doing signing your name to that letter? I said, well, everybody else was, and it was all true. And he told me something in 1982 that I can never forget. He said, <laughs> he said, what if that was your son? What if that was your son? That they were signing their names to a paper about him. Would you have sealed, signed your name? He said he didn't do nothing guilty of that. He may have this character. And he may not treat his wife exactly like he should. But to excommunicate him? He said, what if that was your son? And I believe that, that what God tells us many times when we get on a bandwagon with people and we talk and we are critical and we attack and we don't want to forgive, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, that's God's son. That's God's daughter. That's God's child. So I believe there's a depth of the heart of Christ he wants to reveal and speak tonight, speak today. And I wrote this scripture down. I didn't write it down, but it says, On the night of Jesus' betrayal, he says, Tonight I give you a new command. Love one another as I have loved you, so that the world will know that you belong to me. Now that word me, I want to end with it. That is one of the strongest words there. I'm going to show you that the message of forgiveness is one of the most identified personal messages of Jesus Christ if there's anything that the lips of Jesus was true to that he spoke of from the heart it was the word forgiveness and he says if you belong to me then you must love one another we read this here and it's the word to tolerate long bearing with one another to put up with one another Hebrews 4 32 says and be kind to one another tender hearted Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How many of you need forgiveness right now? How many of you are going to need forgiveness later on? How many of you are going to need forgiveness tomorrow? I hate to bust your bubble, but you're always going to need forgiveness. I don't care how good you are. You're going to always need forgiveness. So you know what? We're going to have to always forgive. I love Psalms 86 verse 5. It says, oh Lord, you are so good, so ready. To forgive. So full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Amen. Do you know that word command is used 20 time, 22 times as the word command to forbear my calling? Why would that be my call to the calling? Well, let me ask you something. Does everybody have the same personality and temperament? Is there somebody that ever irritates you? Don't look around and don't punch your husband and your wife. Does somebody just get to you? I can hear my grandmother in the background saying, I just don't like that little girl, Russell. I just don't like that little girl. Well, do you know her? No, but there's something about her. That was my grandmother for you. He says, tolerate one another. You want to know why? 
people are crazy. Even, even in church, I'm crazy. Who said that? Okay, you. That's strike three. I mean, I mean, we're all crazy. We all got our ways. We just came from a place where you saw hippies. You saw everything. Everybody was just different. Not everybody was like me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody sitting next to you is just not like you? I know they ought to be. I know you're special. But they're not just like you. I bet they got a different cologne on. And I bet it's mixing with yours. And y'all smell real good sitting together. I know some are not wearing cologne. They need cologne. I know everybody's just different. And he's talking about, you know what? You're going to live with a bunch of crazy people. Imperfect people. Irritating. Annoying. Don't look around. Annoying. It's going to annoy you. But guess what he says? You love me? Yes, Lord. Tolerate them. But they irritate me. You don't think you irritate me? You don't think God ever gets annoyed at you, precious? My precious. Mm. You know why you're in the palm of his hand, huh? Uh, <laughs> you ever thought about that? <laughs> Just feels good thinking about it. Mm, no, God's not like that. Thank God you're not God. <laughs> but we have to forgive. Now, I wrote about people wondering why I wasn't on Facebook this week, but I wrote on Facebook for y'all who didn't read it. That it was going to cost me $7 to hook up to internet in, my, in the hotel room. $7 to use the internet. But a dozen of Krispy Kremes are $7 too. And so I thought, you know what's more important? Krispy Kremes or the internet? Well, guess what? Krispy Kreme won. And I brought some. I was going to ask God to multiply them. I bought some, but my son ate the two. My sons ate the two that we had left. So here, I just... I thought maybe y'all can enjoy this for a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, what I want to show you, you know, y'all never know what I want to bring up on this stage. But I looked at Krispy Kreme, it says zero grams of trans fat. They're trying to tell you this is healthy food. This won't hurt you. Zero grams of trans fat. Well, my wife and I, we looked it up on the internet, and every glazed donut has 200 calories, 22 carbs, and 12 fat grams. But it doesn't have, it doesn't have trans fat because it's not, it's not uh, boiled or baked or whatever in, in uh, shortening. They do some other process. She could explain to you. I didn't understand nothing. All I know is that they were donuts. <laughs> but you read the box. Bless God, I'm going, I'm, I'm going on a Krispy Kreme fast. I'm going on a Krispy Kreme diet. It says zero trans fat. Glory to God. Just every time that light's gone, drive through. Give me three of them boxes. They're healthy for me. They say the worst thing about trans fat, the way they do that process that they do, they say it, it's the worst thing for your cholesterol. But the box says zero, trans, zero grams. So it won't hurt you. How many know that's a lie? Well, how many of you know thinking, well, you know, I don't have to forgive that person. It'll hurt you. That's why we want to see Jesus talking about here 
And it's, it's real interesting in the things he'll be talking about here as we study this. And so how many of you love Peter? Don't you love Peter? Then Peter came to Jesus. Here comes Peter. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And he says seven times. You know, Peter, how many of you have a crazy brother? How many had a brother who'd break things? How many had a little brother who'd pee-pee in the bed? And when you'd wake up, because when I was growing up, we had to sleep in the same bed with a box fan. And how many of you know, he would have the accident, but he'd get me wet. Anybody else was there? There was only two-bedroom house, and we had to share the same bed. Anyway, how many of you had a crazy brother? When I read that, I thought about crazy brother. And then, you know, I always like to find movies that I can identify, that I can show you that I think represents these Bible characters. I found Peter. And so I want you to hear what this, the first Dirty Harry ever said. So will you listen to this, please? Uh-uh. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> In all the confusion, I forgot. Lord, have I forgiven my brother six times or seven times? In other words, what's the limit? I want a limit to having to forgive. And I'm keeping track. Do you feel lucky, punk? Push me one more time. Tell me something one more time. I don't remember whether there's been five, six, or this is the seventh time. Do you feel lucky, punk? Go ahead and push my button. And so, you know, you, you wonder what Peter was trying to say here, and that's what he was trying to say. C.S. Lewis said this. Everyone says forgiveness is lo a lovely word. What a lovely word until they have something to forgive. Jesus believed that forgiveness, both from God and from other people, is one of the most significant points. But my sister's an idiot. My brother's an idiot. My child is an idiot. Whatever. That person I work with at work, they drive me crazy. What's your calling? Worship team. No, forgiveness. Because if you can't forgive at work, you can't forgive up here on the worship team. <laughs> you can't forgive in the nursery. You can't forgive ushering in the foyer. Something's going to irritate you. And he says, I need this bond, this commitment, this covenant. He says, how many times do I have to forgive? Look, Jesus says, I know your brother's an idiot. But Peter, you're an idiot too. And just like I'm asking you to forgive him, it's because i got to forgive you. Are you so perfect you think that you think everybody irritates you and you don't irritate me? i got to forgive you. Why don't you forgive them? 
And so Jesus is saying, you have to. Peter is seven times 70. In other words, you can't keep count. Don't even try to keep count. Just give it up. In other words, God's grace said, I came to take the ends and the limitations off of how much you are to forgive. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I took all the beginnings off and I took the endings off. There is no ending to forgiveness. There is no limit. There is no set point. There is no quitting point. Well, I quit. I'm never. He says, wait a minute. Peter Jr., dirty, dirty Peter, I'm telling you right now. Don't. Don't be like Peter and set a limit. I've taken the limits off. Amen. Now, you know what's something interesting about the words, the number seven? You know it means completion. You know it means perfection. But you know what else the number seven means? It means value. But guess what? The seven means value. Or in other words, listen to this. He says seven, I have to forgive seven times, which means I value me. So how many times do I have to forgive somebody because I'm special? I'm valued and they're bothering me. So I'm having trouble forgiving them beyond because I'm special. I shouldn't have to forgive them for that because I'm special. I'm valued. And God says, wait a minute. Let's take the seven value of you and multiply 70 times for them. Now who's special? Now who's valued? If you forgive, you're valuing them. You're loving them and you're forgiving them. Matthew 18, 22. Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, this, this, is, this, this is just interesting. 10,000 talents is at least 20 years of wages. In other words... You will never be able, you will not be able to pay back the cancellation of your debt. Or in other words, you will never be able to forgive to equal the forgiveness I've given you. Wow. Forgiveness is never cheap. It's always costly. And it costs, listen, and I'm sorry about this, but... Forgiveness costs the person who's been wronged. Now, I know you want it to cost the person who hurt you. I know you want it to cost the person who divorced you. I know you want it to cost the person who robbed you and cheated you out of a business deal. I know you want it to cost the person who's wronged you. But forgiveness will cost the person who's been wronged. That lady lost her child. In a horrible accident, had to pull the sheet and see her child there in the morgue. And then she had to turn around. She was the one wronged. They were on their own property, doing their own little thing. Their kids were in school studying. Never did anything to ask for this. But the wrong had to forgive. Here's a story. Forgiveness doesn't come because someone has asked for it or has earned it. Forgiveness is a gift of grace given to those who choose to forgive because they don't want the cancer of hatred to spread within them and eat them up. It, listen to this. Forgiveness is, not about some, forgiveness is not about someone else. It's about my own personal healing. Ian Thurman lost his entire savings. How many of you remember Madoff, that guy who robbed everybody, who stole everybody's retirement? Listen to this story. Ian Thurman 
lost his entire savings of $750,000 to Madoff. 90-year-old Thurman subsequently needed to go back to work. 90-year-old. He lost all of his $750,000. He had to go back to work. The grocery store where he was a customer for years created a greeter position just for him. According to the store manager, Thurman was an inspiration to his customers because of his ability to forgive. Although Thurman still had house payments and his wife's medical bills to pay, he chose not to be a victim twice over. He chose not to be a victim twice over. He made the decision to let go of his hatred and need for revenge and forgive so the poison of bitterness won't ruin his life. 90 years over and have to start over again. Go get a job. The time it took his entire 90 years old to save up $750,000. Go on like that. There was no way he was going to get it back. So he had to make a decision. I'll go work at the grocery store. 90 years old. But I'll choose to forgive because he robbed me once. But he won't rob me of my life. That man robbed you of your childhood. Of your virginity. Of your innocence. That person robbed you of things that was precious to you. But you don't want to be a victim again. By being held in bondage by that person who hurt you. 20 years wages. You will never be able to pay it all. Verse 26. For, uh, the servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience. Have patience with me and I will pay you all. You can't pay everything back. Have patience with me. Verse 28. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then in verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. A hundred denarii is not even maybe a week's worth of wages. It is able to be paid back. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. Pay me, pay me. You can pay me back, pay me. I can't pay back my debt. I can't pay back for my sins, but you're going to pay me for your sin. He owed him a hundred days wages. It says in verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Where did we see this? We saw this in the man before. We see the same thing happening. I'll I'll, I'll pay you all. Have patience with me. Have you ever wanted to choke somebody? Verse 31. So when his fellow servants saw. This is important. Now watch this. When his fellow servants saw what had been done. They were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. This is a point I, I want you to know. Unforgiveness will be seen on you. Young Old alike, all of us in this room. I, have, I hear all the time from all age groups, we don't have any friends. Could it be that unforgiveness is seen on you? Bitterness and resentment is seen on you. How, how do we look walking down the hall at school? Unforgiveness is seen on you. Anger is seen on you. What's happening in my life? Why are things going wrong with me? What is seen on me? Jesus wants to remove it. He wants to free you. Not you by yourself. He wants to help you and guide you and anoint you on how to be freed from that. Because what we carry inside of us, the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, but it will also manifest in other ways. 
Don't let it eat you up on the inside. And I want you to see this in verse 32. This is something. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant. Do you know what? I, I didn't know this. Do you know that word wicked? It speaks of being branded. The master says, I brand you with an unforgiving spirit. You're branded. Your own actions, your own attitude has branded you unforgiving, bitter, resentful, prideful, murderous. You're branded. And only the blood of Jesus can remove the brand. But there's something that causes the blood to pour. I forgave you your debt. I forgave you, but you cannot forgive. I forgave you of things that could not be forgiven, and yet now you will not forgive for things that can be forgiven. The choice is yours. You're branded. You're imprisoned. I paid the debt, and you're not letting go. Verse 33. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just like I had pity on you? And his master was very angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due. When you don't forgive, you're handed over to the torturers and you are, will be held. Guess what? It says, and the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. What was the payment due? I'm gonna, you're going to be held in a prison until you've learned to forgive the debt of others. Until you should pay, or in other words, until you should learn to forgive. Until you can reach that point by faith and through the help of the Holy Spirit. Until you can reach that point to forgive, you will be a captive. You will be a prisoner. And it wasn't fair what they've done to you. And it wasn't fair how they hurt you. And it wasn't fair of their attitude. And it wasn't fair of what they said. And it wasn't fair how they dragged you down. And it wasn't fair how they stomped on you. And it wasn't fair how they treated you. But it was not fair that because of my sin, Jesus Christ was whipped and beat and crucified on a cross 2,000 years ago. And I cannot repay the debt to Him. But He says, if you're going to pay it, you're going to pay it by forgiving as I forgave you. For all of his life, he went around saying, Thy sins be forgiven, thy sins be forgiven. But the night came where Jesus had to say, Father, do not hold them accountable for their sins. He released them in the darkest night of his life when even his father had abandoned him. He released them. And wherever it be in his debt. Look what it says. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if if each of you from his heart does not from his heart does not forgive does not forgive his brother his trespasses if you don't give it you don't get it you're branded and you're imprisoned 25 verse 40 and the king will surely say unto them surely i say to you inasmuch as you did it to the one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me that word me, I circled it again and again and again. You did it to me. You did it to me. There was a professor in her college who had pictures on the board in his school. He says, I want everybody to go up and draw a picture of somebody who's done you wrong. So they got up and they drew pictures of somebody who done them wrong. And then he says, okay, come back over here. And he gave them darts. And he says, just throw darts. 
Some of them threw darts so hard they had a complete hole in the middle of the face. I mean, they threw those darts and wiped out. They each had eight darts. When they were all through and the darts had done their job and the pictures were all tore up, he says, now I want you to go get the picture, your picture, and turn it around. And when they did, the face of Jesus was on the opposite side. And what they did to the person that they could not forgive, they did to the face of Jesus. Now, we, many of us, we may be like that guy who got bit by that rabid dog. Have you all heard about him? He got bit by that rabid dog, and the pastor went pray for him and says, you know, you need to get your life right. There's no help. There's no help for you. You're going to die. You need to write a list of everybody you need to forgive. And so he went on about two days, and the second day the pastor came back, and he saw that he was writing a list. He says, oh, I'm so proud of you. He says, I was waiting to see you write this list. He looked at this list, and he says, who are these people? He says, these are people I want to bite before I die. How many can identify with that list? You did it to me. You did it to me. You did it to me. We'll stop there. Forgiveness is giving your right. Forgiveness is giving up your right to hurt back. It does not diminish the evil done for you. It doesn't diminish the evil. It doesn't take back what they did to you. Nor is it the denial of what happened. Forgiveness does not take away the consequences of other person will face because of their sin. Forgiveness is letting go of your right to hurt the other person as he has hurt you. Forgiveness is an act and a process. Feelings may not be immediate nor easy. Usually, it is difficult and uncomfortable. When you make a decision to forgive, God gives you the grace and strength to forgive and keep on forgiving. Forgiveness is not a weakness. It's the most powerful thing you can do. It breaks a hold of every evil on your life. It breaks it. Refusing to forgive allows evil to continue to hurt you. Forgiveness helps stop the destructive power in your life. Forgiveness does not depend on the other person's action. It doesn't depend... Jesus did not have to forgive us by what he was seeing when they were still ridiculing and mocking him while he was still on the cross. We can never pay back the debt of his forgiveness. How much he's forgiven us. But he does say, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Do you love me? How will the world know you're different? By your love. By your forgiveness. Now, I'm standing up here as your brother in Christ to stand with you. I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. I stand in the same boat. I have things I have to forgive every day. I need forgiveness every day. I need patience. God, be patient with me. How many of you need patience from, with God? Oh, God. How long have I been saved? Oh, be patient with me. Have mercy on me. And he says, okay. I'll do it to you. Are you going to do it to the others? Yes, Lord. All of them? Yes, Lord. Give me the grace. Give me the grace. So I invite you, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? Just meditate on this message of Jesus. Peter, you got questions. It's because you want to go deeper. You're not going to like the answers. 
But to be glorified with me, you must suffer with me. Peter, I'm telling you, take the limits off and stop counting. Stop counting how many times they've wronged you and hurt you. Lose count. Because I throw everything into the sea of forgiveness and I lose count. What you do for me, do to them. Forgive me. Love me. Father, there are lives in this place of all ages. There are marriages. There's families. There's singles. There are people who have been treated as bad and as low as a, people, a person can be treated. They've been treated as an animal. They were spoken to. They were raped. They were abused. They were hurt in the worst of ways, taken so much advantage of. They were not respected. They were not honored. Father, it's only by your grace are we able to fulfill your commands and your vows. So, Father, humbly we come before you and we ask you, grant us grace to by faith forgive and release those who have hurt us. Help us to release them and forgive them. Help me, Lord, not to value myself so much that I devalue others. Lord, let me value you. Give me your heart. Father, strengthen those today. We are asking questions today because we need answers, because we want to be like you. We want to be a church that represents you as you truly are. We see today our calling that we've been called is to be long-suffering, to bear with one another, to love and accept no matter what. So we humble ourselves before you, Father, and we ask you to forgive us. And because we expect and we know you are ready to forgive us, help us to be ready right now to forgive those who have hurt us. So there where you are, by faith, just readily forgive. Mention their names in your heart. Anyone who has hurt you, some who have come to your mind, some that you've put far back into your heart saying, I'll never forgive. Just bring them back up and say, now, Father... I can't, but you can. I can do all things through you who strengthens me. So right now, you're going to have to help me by faith to forgive that person, to release them, to let them go. I ask this by faith in the name of Jesus. I forgive you. I forgive you. As you picture their face, I want you to picture that their face is turning to the face of Jesus. I forgive you. I forgive you. When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. I forgive you. Jesus, I, I cherish our relationship so much. I cherish so much our relationship that I'm going to be willing to forgive that person. I'm going to be willing to let that go because I don't want nothing between us. Pleasing, all pleasing in your sight. Jesus name. In 
Jesus' name. Now, I shared with you last week, if you weren't here, you can go back and listen to the message or you can get the CD. I shared with you the scripture where it says, as possible as it lies with you. doesn't mean you have to go submit back to that relationship or that situation. You don't have to become their best friends. You just have to forgive them. But you don't have to have someone abuse you, hit you, hurt you. You need to be protected. If you have a husband that's beating you, you call the police on him. Forgive him while he's in jail. But do not put up with someone beating you. You don't have to be somebody's doormat or them taking their baggage out on you. Young people, that's why it's so important you marry within the body of Christ. That's why it's so important you, you marry a, a boy and a girl that loves Jesus. They don't have to dump their baggage on you, hurt you and harm you for the rest of your married life. Let's turn things around. Let's turn things around for the glory of Jesus' name. Head or bows, eyes are still closed. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're here today, if you die right now or right after this service and you don't know whether you'd go to heaven or hell, but you know you got to get your life right with God, you, you need to start over again. You need a new beginning. If that's you, I want you right now just to raise your hand. Anyone at all, I need to get my life with Christ right. I need forgiveness of my sins. Just raise your hand so I can see real loud. Hi, God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone, I see this hand, this hand, this hand. I see that hand. I see that hand over there to my left. Yes, my brother, I see you. Okay, I see you. You want to get your life right. Today is the day of salvation. I need Jesus to take my life. I need to surrender my life. I see you, sister. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand there. God bless you, sister. I see your hand. I see your hand. Brother, I see your hand, my brother. I want to invite those who raise their hands. Would you come forward? Come and publicly declare before heaven and earth. I'm giving my life over to Christ today. Come forward. Come. Come. Would you come? Come and stand up here. We'll have brothers and sisters ready to stand with you. Come. 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 From over here to my left, my right. You raised your hand. Come. Don't be ashamed. Christians, be praying. Continue praying. Continue praying. Continue praying. There, 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 there were many others. You raised your hand. This is not to embarrass you. This is not to embarrass you. If you have a friend with you, let your friend come with you. You don't have to come alone. You don't, you don't have to come alone. Come, come. There was others. Come, come. Come, come this morning. Come. Today is the day of salvation for you. Come, come and receive Christ. Come and receive Christ. There were others. There were quite a few others. Would you come? Come. Come, come. Come, come, come and give your heart over to Jesus. He loves you so, so very much. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There were still others who raised their hand. Come. There was others who raised their hand. Come. There was others. Come and surrender today. You don't have to come alone. You don't have to come alone. Sweet Holy Spirit. I just want to give you another moment. There was a few others. There was a few others. You raised your hands because the Holy Spirit's drawing you. He's wooing you. He's calling you. He wants you saved. Jesus wants you to have eternal life. He's going to prepare a place for you. 
Don't turn that down today. He's offering it to you right now. He's offering it to you right now. Come. He's offering it to you right now. I've got a place prepared for you. Come, come. Give me your life. And I'll give you life eternal. One more time. One more time. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We magnify you, Holy Father. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. I'm going to pray with you a minute. Don't you go nowhere. Y'all ready? We're ready. All new beginnings. All new beginnings. New life. New life. New life. New life. New life. I want you to, my brother, come, come see. Come here. Come here. You've come home. <laughs> oh, he loves you. Mm. He knows all about it. He knows it. He knows it. And he loves you. And at this moment, you're going to forget it all. Mm. You're going to give you a new beginning. He's got a gift for you. Got a gift for you. Just, just stay here close. You're my brother. Stay here close. I want y'all just to put y'all's hands upon y'all's heart. The Bible says if we believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. Jesus, put your hand upon these hands. Jesus, put your hand upon these hands. Just a minute, my brother. Put your hand, hand upon these hands. And pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins, the wrongs, the life I have lived. I believe in the sacrifice of your Son totally paid the price to set me free. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father, that I am forgiven and that I am saved. I am a new person in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord praise. What's your name, brother? John. Yours? Scott. God bless you, Scott. Good having you. What's your name? Jessica. God bless you, sweetheart. Oh, hallelujah. Tears of repentance and forgiveness. Hey, my brother, God bless you. Thank God he protected you. God bless you. Yeah, I know you love Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sweetie. Isn't it great? I mean, it, just like that. Father, we pray for these little girls' mama that she will serve you and that you will fix her life. 
and you will help mama. Lord, you will give mama strength and you will bring mama out of wherever she's been and bring her into watch into you. Lord, these children said, I want to go pray for mom. So we lift up this, these babies, hearts and worship and prayer that you will reach her wherever she's at in whatever dilemma she's in, rescue her and save her. We pray peace and blessing over these precious ones, over this one, in the name of Jesus. And the church says, amen. Can we say amen? Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand up and let's praise God for these souls. Thank you, Lord. And make sure you give them name, your addresses. Get their information. Thank God for these lives. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for what Jesus is doing in our lives. He's building up his body. We love you and we God, we bless you. And Brother Jake, you dismiss us. God bless you, church. Just one more time, just focus your attention on the Lord right now before we leave. Thank you, Jesus, so much, Lord, for what you've done today, Lord, for the, the spirit and the presence that's been in this room, Lord, for bringing people, Lord, to a place of forgiveness, Lord, that, Father, we can walk in forgiveness and walk in freedom, Lord, in a way that we've never walked and experienced before, God. So I thank you that you are restoring freedom to our lives, freedom to our thoughts, freedom to our emotions, Lord. I thank you for the souls that have come tonight and made decisions and dedicated themselves to you. Lord, we ask you to be with everyone today, every family, every husband, wife, son and daughter, grandparents. Lord, let them all have a great day together, Lord, and come back tonight to receive more of your word and your presence for our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.